Era, era, two heels in a face. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tuesday in the Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode is a face that we've missed. Steve, it, uh, it would touch my heart when you said, when you replied to your email and said, I missed you guys. And I think the, I think the, the, the mutual, like uh, the feeling is mutual. So Steve, welcome from Warrior Wrestling. Well, uh, welcome back to the Tuesday in the Face Podcast. How have you been, man? How's the quarantine been treating you? I'm good. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. As, as I said, right before we got on the air, I feel like I haven't talked to you in years. Like, this is like my friends. I know them. I can't touch them, but I can see them. Um, it's been weird. So we, uh, we went into lockdown for the school. So for those that don't know, I'm the principal of the high school. We have the wrestling shows. And yeah. we went into lockdown on Monday, March 16th. And we went in with the three-week plan of like, all right, we're going to get ourselves to spring break. And we, we're going to see how it goes after that. And then after we came out of spring break or towards the end, it was becoming very clear that we were going to be shut down for a long time. So I didn't leave my condo here in the South loop for like two straight months. Like, okay. I, I mean, I think I went grocery shopping right. and then, um, so it's been weird and we've been, I've been literally running the high school from my kitchen table, teaching class, hosting meetings, meeting with parents, uh, devising schedules, everything. And then as Illinois started to open back up over the course of the summer, I, I started going in more and more and we've been doing more and more with the school. And now we're planning for the upcoming year, all the hybrid schedules and everything that we're going to do. So it has just been crazy. It's been the weirdest six months of my life. I, I could just imagine. I mean, yeah, all the logistics and coordinating everything from from your your place where you actually go home to rest. Now it turns into like you have the office right outside your bedroom. Yeah, there's pros and cons of that. So the pro mm-hmm. is that my commute is great, right? It's <laughs> 10 seconds to the bathroom or to the couch for a nap. The con of that is, again, like everything It's kind of like Groundhog's Day, right? So mm-hmm. like I, I'm working at my kitchen table and then I'm not working and then I'm sleeping and then I'm back at my kitchen. It's it got really weird. So now I really, I'm glad that over the course of the summer, I can go into school and then come home and have some type of separation. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we recently uh, recorded an episode with Isaiah and Kylie and they're huge fans of beggars pizza, but I, 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 mean, I, running... I saw the tease on the Twitter on, on Twitter, but I didn't get to listen. Why is that? Why are they such big fans? I think Kylie says that it's just cheesy and thick. They lay it on thick. Like they that's do. the whole thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't complain. I love cheese. But when I saw your email, when you finally, when you replied to us, hey, I miss you guys. I tasted Aurelio's pizza. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's, I know I, I, I've, I've branched, uh, branched out a little bit into like knowing some people from the, uh, the, like the South suburbs. And I feel like it's just like when you grow up in that area, it's maybe it's a little bit of nostalgia too, because like I'm from the West suburbs of the city and there like isn't any beggars up there. So I think it's a little bit of growing up and yeah, I think the statement holds true of just like them laying it on thick. So I don't know. I mean, that's I've a good waving, question. Uh, I've been waving the, the Aurelio's flag ever since I had it that one time. So, good. so, so they're, it's they're delicious. different, right? So like I, I have very strong thoughts about pizza. Like I do about wrestling and you're right. So beggars is cheese. Like if you're in the mood for just, cheese that's going to plug you up for two days that's beggars all the way <laughs> aurelio's is the sweet sauce like i could drink the sauce from aurelio's the sauce the thin the thin like crust like it, it's really good i'm yeah. a huge fan so they each have things that they do really well mm-hmm. right lou malnati's has the tomatoes like it, they have the best tomatoes of any pizza i've ever had everybody has their own thing and it just depends on what you're in the mood for it's kind of like wrestling a buffet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're on the same way, same way uh, like there. RIP buffets, though. I don't know if they're going to come back ever. <laughs> That's true. Right? So sad. Well, uh, I mean, hopefully we can share some pizza in the future. But um, the 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 show that you guys are running a show, right? I mean, that's why yes. we're here today. Um, God willing. Unless, unless something <laughs> happens between us recording this and everything coming. We're, we're running a show Friday, August 7th. That's Friday sweet. Night Lights. Did you uh, did you watch the TV series Friday Night Lights? I have not, and everybody's mad yes. at me. Like I've not seen the movie, I've not seen the TV show. I know it's amazing, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. 
Mm, I haven't watched the movie, but I watched the, the the series for sure. Also, huge fan. Have you, Charlie? Football I remember. Related. Yeah, I remember seeing the movie. It definitely. I remember seeing the movie. I don't remember. I don't think I watched the TV show. I thought the movie was great. Um, you know, lots of drama, lots of storytelling, a lot like is probably going to happen on the field during during Warrior Nine, right? I believe. So we're not so we're not assigning it a number. The thought was that oh, this okay. would be something special and different. And um, so it's it's just Friday Night Lights. Now I don't know if the next one will be nine or the next one will be ten, but we've decided this one is just Friday Night Lights. It's the beginning of a new era where the numbers yeah. don't happen anymore. We yeah. just have titles. It's like after WrestleMania 35, where everyone's just WrestleMania or whatever it was, 31, 32. Great. Right. I can't wait till we get to Warrior Extreme Rules. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> gonna be fun. Show at Warrior Extreme. <laughs> uh, cool. Well. Warrior Eight, though let's not let's let's so we do a reminder on that. Yeah, there's a quick yeah, refresher. It's been a while. It's definitely been a while. Uh, it's been a while since I run through a quick recap. So uh, bear with me here. We're just gonna go through results, and you know, we're, definitely there's a few things that are gonna tie in into Friday Night Lights. So we'll definitely touch on that. Uh, at least I'll ask Steve. You could turn my questions down if you like. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Warrior Eight. Barbaro El Cavernario defeated Templario. Robert Eagle Anthony with the clown defeated Warhorse. <laughs> Alex Shelley defeated Renarita. Stronghearts defeated the Rascals. Bully Ray defeated Brian Pillman, Pillman Jr., but eventually came back at the end of the night. Warrior Wrestling Women's Title War of Attrition match. Tessa Blanchard defeated Big Swole, Dr. Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, Madison Rain, Raylan. Tasha Steele's tie of Valkyrie and retained her title. Uh, Impact World Tag Team title match. The North defeated the Space Pirates. Warrior Wrestling title uh, War of Attrition match. This is where Brian Pillman came back and defeated everyone that was lined up to be a number one contender. They just, Brian Pillman took it, took it all. So defeated mm-hmm. Frank the Clown with that exception. You know, that, <laughs> you know. Whatever. He got his ass kicked. Uh, Andrew Everett. Aramis. I love Aramis, by the way, and I miss him. Black Taurus. Uh, Lance Archer. Michael Elgin. Sam Adonis. And he walked out with the title that night. Brian Pillman did. Mm-hmm. It's a new era. Um, Chris, I want to commend you on... I don't think we've screwed up a name yet. So I think, we're, I think we might be getting better at this podcast thing. We're probably at the ten minute mark, bro. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do one screw up every so many minutes to keep the sponsors right. happy. That's what they pay for is the screw ups. Exactly. So Pillman's your guy now, huh? Pillman's the guy, yeah. And that was, you know, um pulling the curtain back a little bit. Um yeah. we had, had discussions with Cage about it was just time to do something different. And um, you know, Cage was going to AEW, which the world didn't know yet. And um we weren't sure what that was going to mean for his ability to be on shows going forward as far as how busy he'd be and and whatnot. So we, we knew we needed a new, a new champ. And, um, that that's part of, and, and And big injury. Yeah. Well, that, and it was cage's idea. Cage was Mm -hmm. like, I want to lose it in a war of attrition. Let's make that poetic, right? Like Mm -hmm. no one can ever survive a war of attrition. And then cage got hurt. He tore his bicep a month and a half before and was not ready so Cage had to give up the title, and we are crowning a new champ. So Cage is unbeaten for his title and has said that at some point he's coming back for it. And um, even just in real life, he and I were talking a week ago, and he's like, you know, you know I'm coming back for that. And I was like, all right. So uh, at one day, if, if it is still Pillman, if Pillman can survive Robert Anthony and the clown, then, then Cage is coming home. That's yeah, great. That, that, yeah, that's... I mean, just the the whole thing of of Cage never losing that title, like just leaves that door open for any yeah. time. You never know when, but the machine might be showing up sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, he's just gone on to bigger and bigger things. Obviously, you guys have seen on AEW. We we were thrilled watching the the match he had with Moxley. Um, and yeah. He just showed everything that he could do, and he's just been throwing fools around the ring leading up to that. I love and, the fact that Tess yeah. is his manager. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Tess Mark. I love that. Perfect fit. Has Taz done any managing before? I don't recall if he has, but it it just seems like why wasn't it? Just seems so right. Yeah, it does. I don't know if he's ever done it before. He did some TNA stuff. 
Maybe, yeah, maybe in, mm-hmm. in TNA. Something tells me that he managed Rhino for some reason, but I could maybe. be wrong. TNA is like a black hole in my mind from like 05 to 2010. Like, I know <laughs> stuff happened there, but I just don't remember mm-hmm. it. I, I, I got to say, I watched Slammiversary. Okay. I was like, okay, like I'm here. I was in the back. I was like fixing up my office. I'm like, let me pop it on. And it was, it was pretty, it was decent. It was good. It's hard. It's hard for me to get into empty arena shows. Mm-hmm. Like same thing with AEW. I started watching a little bit more now, but you know, it was, it was good. Impact current impact the last few years has been fantastic. They've mm-hmm. done a great job at putting on big shows and they've just got such a talented roster of guys. So, I mean, it, it really is, you know, when you look at that card and you're like, all right, rascals versus machine guns that can't not be great. Mm-hmm. Um, the five guys that ended up in the main event that can't not be great. So they, they do a really good job and the guys work really, really hard. So yeah. I, I think the current impact product, it's almost a shame that it gets lost in, in the pro wrestling yeah. landscape. Cause there's just so much else going on, but every now and then when they put on a big show, they crush it. Yeah. I've heard nothing but positive things on, on the Twitter sphere about slam anniversary, but uh, it, it's cool that I think it's cool that we're going to see how Pillman can carry this torch a little bit. And it's almost like the machine just is in cool down period, you know, like it's just, mm-hmm. it just need, they just need to shut it off and, and reset him for a second and pop him back on when the time is right. But warrior nine is happening Friday night lights, August 7th, Friday, Friday, which is a Friday. Um, of course, Friday night lights, uh, VIP. So, so I'm looking at the times. It says doors are seven 30, yep. but is there a VIP thing happening or what's that? Yeah, we're doing five 45 to seven 15. We're doing an extremely limited VIP fan fest. So as you guys know, all okay. of the parameters around groups and gatherings, et cetera. So the way we're doing it is we're selling no more than 80 tickets and there would be two 40 person areas two 40 fan areas with talent there to meet with the fans six feet apart nobody touches anybody masks you know you can take a picture but it's got to be six feet in front of the table or on the side um and then we're going to rotate the talent between the two groups so the two groups never mix and the talent will just change areas um so that way we keep all ppe all social distancing everything in um in effect oh and it'll be outdoors as well okay you're making it work you mentioned masks. Will masks be required at all times? So what we're doing is masks are required any time that you can come into contact with anybody who's not part of your household or your party. So if you're coming from your car into the stadium, if you're walking mm-hmm. from the entrance to your seat, if you're going to the bathroom when you're leaving, you've got to have masks on. When your group is sitting by themselves, they can you can take your masks off. Because the way that we're doing it is we've taken – like uh, not cones, but the, those little like cylindrical, like soccer red dots that you use for yes. like, running drills yeah. and things. Yeah. We bought a bunch of those and we're spacing them out on the football field and in the bleachers. So your party, you can sit with your household or your party, wherever you normally quarantine with, et cetera, you get a dot and that dot is five yards from anybody in any direction from you. So 15 feet. So when you're sit, when your party is sitting 15 feet away from everyone else, you can take your masks off if you want. But if you get up and leave your dot, you got to put your mask on. Okay, cool. The the six feet apart photo opportunity that's that's a time to get some poses in with a wrestler, yes. right? Because you can really stretch out. You know, give someone the the end of you. I don't I don't know what <laughs> pretend what like you've just been choke slammed by Archer and you're laying on the ground and Archer's six feet away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ways know? to do it, and we're actually experimenting too with offering like an a la carte autograph option as well. So like streaming it live on Facebook and letting somebody like, you know, for 20 bucks, you can talk to Brian cage for a minute and he'll sign an autograph and we'll mail it to you. So something like that as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. You just got to get innovative. And I think that's, that's right on. Yeah, absolutely. I did not, I honestly did not expect a VIP. You, it sounds like you put a lot of thought into this because I didn't, I was shocked when I saw the VIP on the agenda because I did not expect you to, come up with something that creative i guess not, and that's not either. sorry that's not yeah that's not Thanks. a dig that's not a dig i didn't but... expect you to figure anything out. no but honestly <laughs> we didn't either we, we thought we were going to cut it this show we thought there's no way we can do a fan yeah. fest and then we looked at all of the specific guidance from the governor for phase four and we went all right well we could do it in small groups we could do it six feet apart we could do it outdoors and that's the blessing of running at the school is that we have all this space so we can do what you can't do in Logan Square, what you can't do at Bourbon Street, what you can't do in Berwyn. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Like we can spread yeah. out all over the baseball field. And that's what we might do, right? The Fan Fest might be in the baseball field, giant spread out. So okay. we have the ability to do it and people are interested in it. So we're going to try it. So 
and you know i don't want to get too deep into logistics but like so is there a concession stand do people bring their own like coolers great boxes we are doing all byo and it's free it's rolled into your ticket so bring a cooler bring a backpack uh bring snacks bring whatever it's it's all you bring it you eat it so that way we've reduced contact there is no trading of hot dogs and cash or napkins or whatever you bring your cooler you sit on your dot with your party you enjoy your drinks and your snacks you pack them back in your cooler and you leave okay this is not the the, the hot dog and handshake type of show anymore no no more <laughs> You can bring hot dogs and have handshakes within your own party. That's right. Not with anybody else. Cool. That's really, no, I, I think that's, that's awesome. I mean, if anything, um, um, my fiance works in, uh, uh, as a program director for college. And I mean, you probably are dealing with the same, some of the same questions that she's receiving in terms of like classes and stuff like that. So I think we're living in a world right now where there's a ton of questions and not a ton of answers. So honestly, I'm impressed with, your ability to like people probably have these questions about warrior. Chris just asked a really good one. And it seems like you come up with at least answers for them or at least a plan. Like that's the thing with the NFL right now is they just want a plan. So yeah. no plan is going to be perfect, but if you have a plan and at least everything is thought out to some extent, then it makes people feel safe enough to, to join. You know, we did it. So Eric and I developed most of it. And then we have a few other friends who work with us that helped as well. And then we just ran it by some friends and family. We're like, hey, we're, we're run, running the show. This is what we're thinking. You know, poke holes in this. What's missing? What, mm. what didn't we think of, et cetera? And we yeah. didn't even say, yes, we were going to do the show until we felt like we had this plan that was airtight. And then we presented that to the school, to my boss at school. And they, they looked it over and they're like, yeah, I mean, you guys have thought of everything. Go for it. I thought you were the boss, Steve. There's someone else. Yeah, there's the president of the school. Mm. Right, I'm, I'm just in charge of academics. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> ahead of me who's in charge of alumni and facilities and okay. budget and long-range planning and all that stuff. So how does uh, merch work? You know, we're still figuring out if we're going to be able to do merch or not. Um, we're going to do mm -hmm. no intermission. So that way, because uh, we had to eliminate what are all the ways that people are going to gather in groups or touch each other. And how do That's we eliminate smart, yeah. those? Right. So we got rid of first, all the contact is paperless tickets. Um, so you have to order ahead of time. Your name's on a list, kind of like freelance. We'll check you off mm -hmm. the list. Parking is charged as part of the ticket. So there's no parking ticket. There's no cash there. We eliminated concessions. So there's no touching there. So it is a total touchless environment. And the other thing is it's a total group free environment outside of your own party. So you come, you, you wait in line, space to part. You go to your dot to sit down. We do no intermission at the end of the show. We're going to dismiss group by group. Like, you guys, go for it. You're out. You guys, go for it. And that way, you don't have a giant huddle of people exiting at the same time. So as far as merch goes, I don't know if we're going to do it outside of FanFest. And even in FanFest, we'd have to come up with a no-contact way to do it. So maybe literally somebody walks up to Brian Cage's table, and they're like, I'll take that in large. And he sets it on the table, and then they grab it. I mean, we're going to have to be very, very careful. But I don't know if we'll do merch for the general public or not. Okay. Cool. Any other, um, excuse me, any other safety precautions that we haven't thought of that you got down on your list? Um, I gotta think about it first. In the event of okay. rain. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to do a rain date. And so, uh, we don't have the specific date yet. We're still working it out with the school because of a few other things, okay. but, um, we are going to have a rain date. And, um, so if the show is, is postponed for rain, then we'll have a makeup date and card subject to change, but we'll be talking with all the talent about, uh, reserving the rain date, et cetera. And same thing too for precautions. So God forbid Illinois flares up so badly again that they say we can't have an event. We will right. delay the show. And then if the show has to get canceled, we'll refund everybody's money. Okay. okay. Um, I'm also seeing here on the health and safety guidelines that Warrior Wrestling put out. Uh, is there going to be a temperature check at the, at the door? Yeah, I'm seeing that too. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're doing a temp check and um, symptom screening. So if you're running a fever of over 100.4, um, mm -hmm. you're not coming in. We'll refund you your money right there on the spot, but um, you're not coming in if you've got 100.4 over or if you report uh, multiple COVID symptoms in a group. Okay. I mean, yeah, like, I, I, you know, yeah, you, you could be impressed. Everybody's trying to run a show and they all, you know, are, are learning on the go, but it seems like you've, you know, you've listened to the people and you definitely have your bases covered. So, you know, We're thank trying, you for guys. doing that. Thank you for putting the show together. <laughs> I miss wrestling. Uh, I'm excited, man. Thank you. Was that a pun, Chris? Of Your what? base is covered on the, and they're going to have it on the baseball field. Was that a? 
Uh, no, but you know. Okay. Sure, we can make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I'm seeing too. Yeah, I'm seeing. Maybe we can save this for the end too. But tickets for uh, forty five dollars for field, thirty for bleacher standing, plus two fifty for parking. Uh, children, kids sixteen and under are admitted to the show free with a paying adult. Mm-hmm. One kid per paying adult. Cool. And so that's a different price structure than normal. Usually it's 100 for front row for Warrior shows. It's I think it's 175, 66, or 160, 60, 60, and then 30 for the bleachers. But because it's so spaced out and different, and we're not going to huddle people right up against you know the guardrails, we thought you know what let's let's make it more affordable. Yeah. Um, let's make it as family friendly as possible. So we've done the rule with like 10 and under and 12 and under before. We went up to 16 and under for kids. A kid is free with a paying adult. Mm-hmm. We want a family to be able to buy you know, a couple of tickets and bring a couple of kids and have a great night out for an affordable price and, and see a top level wrestling show. I mean, we're still bringing Brian Cage, Jeff Cobb, Lance Archer, the Rascals, a few more to be announced in the coming days. So we're doing a, a, a real warrior caliber show for a cheaper price outdoors under the lights. Right. Discount price for fan fest tickets as well from 100 yep. to 75. And then a limit. So highly limited tickets. This is what we're seeing too with Zello pro show that, you, you know, the, the people who wait around and pick one up, you might not want to be one of those people at this time. So it looks like 200 to 250. Is that correct? For uh, FanFest? Oh, no, okay. Uh, yeah, so normally FanFest is 200 to 250 and we're only oh, doing okay. 80. For the whole 80. show, right. we're going to cap it probably around 400, which is a little under 20% of capacity for seating for a football game. So it, it will okay. be highly limited. I mean, we, we have Warrior shows. We average 825. And, you know, we've done as big as 950, 960, the, the show we had Rey Mysterio. So it, it's going to yeah. be the smaller, one of the smaller, if not the smallest warrior shows, because we're going to cap it for capacity. Right. That's great. So, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to get, get all that out there. People can read it um, in different places, but I still think it's cool, that, you know, if people, you know, prefer the, the audio method, which I hope they do. I mean, I, I, know, I know at least a handful of people listen to this. That's a joke. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could throw something else at you, a monkey wrench, and you have a question for it. I don't. I'm not going to do that. But uh, props to you. Throw all your wrenches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you mentioned, you know, some talent. Just in the poster alone, we have we see Kylie Ray, Alex Saint, Robert Eagle, Anthony, the Clown, War Horse, the Rascals, Brian Cage, Sam Adonis, and Brian Pillman. Sam Adonis has not missed a show, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. He has wrestled on every show. Cage didn't wrestle on eight. So technically right. Adonis is the only person to have wrestled on every warrior wrestling show. Is that your core? That feels like your core. Those people just listed. Yeah. yeah we, we, we really, so we have a couple of new talents coming in. Yeah. And so we've uh, just announced uh, Jake something is coming. Okay. And so he won't, he's not a stranger to Chicago by any means, but new to our shows. Yeah. And then um, at the same time, we've announced the return of Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb hasn't been there for two years. And we will be announcing a few other fun uh, wrinkles who will be making debuts. But for the most part, we stuck with our core. And, and yeah. that's something that we really value, not only putting on great shows, but working with great people. And over doing, you know, doing these shows over two years now, we've learned who's, a, who's just a great person to work with, who is yeah. not only a great performer, but a great human, a reliable person, a no drama person, et cetera. And, and our core of people are exactly that. I mean, it's just... It's like seeing old friends. You know what I mean? We talked about how we missed each other. We haven't seen each other. You know, I haven't seen Sam Adonis since February. I haven't, although I've talked to Cage on the phone, I haven't seen Brian Cage since February. So it's going to be a fun kind of reunion with friends too. And as we all get together and hopefully put on a hell of a show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, there's a match sticking out with me, Chris. Where do you want to even start? Well, it's, uh, I, I wrote down a few matches on the agenda. I don't know if more have rolled out since. But we have Lance Archer against Dimensioned Sam Adonis. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and this is the problem that I have every time we talk Warrior Wrestling. Like, oh, this is going to steal this show. But I'm like, wait, uh, I'm ahead of myself. There's still other, other matches that have been announced that I'm like, well, they could also steal the show. So, but I am really excited just because Warrior made me a fan of Sam Adonis. And, and of course, Lance Archer has been there before. And look at the stuff that he's been doing now, you know, in AEW. So I'm excited for that match. But we also have the Rascals versus this insane Alex Zane, Carter, and Blake Christian. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that match. So we, we love the Rascals. Is there, is there any limits? Like, 
are the wrestlers going to have enough space to do crazy stuff? Because these guys. <laughs> they might climb the press box. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I, I, mean, I hope they don't. It'll scare the bejesus out of me. But the, this is, so we love the Rascals, right? So the Rascals mm-hmm. were in a, in a four-way with Cage. They faced Will Ospreay, Amazing Red, and Rocky Romero. They faced the Strong Hearts with Shima. Uh, these guys are, and Eric and I have been saying this for two years, that these three guys are the most talented guys in the world or among the most talented guys in the world. Mm-hmm. And we just want to give them a platform to do what they do. For a long time in Impact, they weren't really getting the push and the platform that, that we felt that they deserved. And now they're mm-hmm. starting to, right? Now mm-hmm. they're starting to get more focus on Impact. But these guys are incredible. And so literally every show we've ha- we have them, we talk to them about how do we up this next show? Like, what, what do we add? Who do we bring in? What do, how do we make it even crazier? And Alex Zane has been on fire for the last year. The dude is unbelievably talented. He's like the next generation mm-hmm. Will Ospreay. And so is Blake Christian. Blake has just grown leaps and bounds and become one of those wrestlers that busts something out and you go, how did he do that? The last guy is Benjamin Carter, who a lot of people haven't heard of yet. He's right. a Brit, in, I, trained in Iowa, working in the U.S. He's been on a handful of GCW shows. He's been on Black Label. This guy, like, it's one of those things where you see, like, a blue chip prospect in mm-hmm. minor league baseball where you're like, if all the, the moons align, yeah. this guy could be Chris Bryant. That's how I feel about Benjamin Carter. This okay. guy is so good. He's so innovative. He is such a natural for wrestling that, that him and Zane and Blake Christian against the Rascals, like I'm pretty sure we're just going to have to cancel wrestling after this match. <laughs> like, Those are really good what, sports. What else are we going to do? <laughs> that was a good sports mm-hmm. analogy for so- <clears throat> yeah for someone who doesn't know him but has watched. And I know that's just kind of happening with the Sox right now. I mean, they're prospect city. And mm-hmm. the prospects uh, are uh, this year and the short season are supposed to blossom. But over the last four or five years, that's what we've seen with the Cubs is like all these really, really young guys that are just like, I can't believe this guy's good. And you see him growing before your eyes. So it, it was a really good analogy you make. I think that, you know, I put the, it put the pieces together for me on who this guy is. Sweet. Yeah. No, I, I, I'll share with you what I told Eric when I was first, because, you know, Eric and I are always planning things, sending videos back and forth. Have you seen this guy? Did you watch the show? And the first real Benjamin Carter match I watched, I sent it to Eric and I said, this guy reminds me of when you and I saw Osprey in person in 2015, where you just go, oh, this kid's on a different level. And that's mm-hmm. Benjamin Carter. So, I mean, it, this is just this match. You take how great the Rascals already are with these three young, hungry dudes who aren't getting a chance to work a ton during the pandemic. They're going to burn the field down. Yeah, that's a thing too. Like everyone should be pretty fresh, right? I mean, because I know Zane has worked in GCW, like, or and Christian. There's been a little bit of work, but like, I guess uh, no one's and no one wants to be in the situation that we're in. But like, these guys should be pretty well rusted, I think, unless you know, well, at least the lighter in terms of bumps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're yeah. healed up, you know. Yeah. So, so again, pulling the curtain back a little bit, I was talking with the Rascals a couple weeks ago, and you know, they they mentioned, you know, they've worked with Zane a little bit here and there in the past, but Zane had been hurt on and off throughout the spring and the winter, and now he's healed up. Like Alex Zane is a hundred percent. That's like when a video game character you know, powers <laughs> up, and you're like cheat code all of his stats. Yeah. So um, it's going to be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, we're like one of those hard bosses where you finally knock down their health, and then they just like. <laughs> it's a different form and a whole new health bar just comes on the screen and just like obliterates all of your hope. And you're like, what? <laughs> that, that was I've been there too many times. Um, well, I, I want to go back to the point that Chris made about Adonis. Um, mm-hmm. That is a really good point that you said, because think about, just think about, we would have never had the pleasure to see him wrestle in person if we didn't if Warrior didn't bring him in based on where we live. So I just I, want to point I, that I, out. Yeah, in, in person, I've never seen him elsewhere. Yeah, know? I mean, he, he does a handful of indies in, in, the, in the East Coast, but we got very lucky. And, and I think I might have told this story before on here, but um, we were looking for someone to compliment Jake Hager's character, Jack Swagger at the time, because it was mm-hmm. Jack Swagger versus Alberto Del Rio on our first show, and Del Rio had Ricardo Rodriguez. And we wanted some, we wanted a good number two for, for Swagger, for Jake Hager. And, you know, I'd been watching a lot of CMLL the previous year, and, and Sam Adonis had been doing his Donald Trump, you know, pro-America, anti-Mexico character in CMLL. And we brought him in thinking like, all right, this character fits. I was actually, I was on vacation in Florida, and I DM Sam from the beach where I was like, hey, man, we've been looking at your work. We, we're running the show. We'd like to bring you in. 
And so Sam came in and he had a great match with Nick Aldis and he was the, the great number two for, for Jack Swagger. And from everybody in that match, the most impressive person to us was Sam Adonis. Yeah. And getting to know him backstage, he's got a great mind for the business. He's got a great head on his shoulders. So we we saw him to fit a really specific role for the first show that we were doing. And then we got to know him and then we got to see him work. And to watch him grow over the last two years and become just an even better wrestler because he already mastered Lucha style. He knew old school American style. Then he did several tours of Japan with All Japan. And so now he's got Japanese strong style under his belt. The guy can do everything. Sam Adonis is one person seeing him away you know tony khan watches sam adonis if, if triple h watches sam adonis and, and maybe in this match versus lance archer yeah and they see what he can do he's gone he's going to the big time <laughs> yeah that's cool and it's cool that you're excited for that instead of like oh crap another part of my roster <laughs> gets the lead but no like you want you that's what we talked about a lot last time in the last episode you're like you're not you're not his coach but it's almost like the feeling of when you coach you coach a high school and you want to see them succeed kind of feeling. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Um, I just wanted to touch on that. Cause I think that was a good point of just like something you take for granted. It's like, Oh yeah, I would have never saw him wrestle if it wasn't for this company. So, um, and that's another thing Eric and I talk about all the time. And this, this is, you know, totally transparent because it's just the truth. We try to put guys and girls in positions of them wanting to crush it and hit it out of the park. Right. So sometimes you see stars that are on indie shows and it's like, clearly they're just collecting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And Sam wants to have the best match on the show. So does Lance Archer. I mean, Archer, if for as much as publicity as he's gotten in the G1 and then in the Tokyo Dome and then now in AEW, you know, he had the big match with Cody. He still wants to steal the show. I mean, Lance is not coming to collect. These two guys, you know, Chris mentioned a minute ago, they're coming to steal the show. And I, and I know that you know, just as people having talked to them, yeah. they are coming to steal the show. You talk about all the cool stuff the Rascals can do. Adonis and Archer want to do them one better. I mean that, and that's and that's what makes our shows so much fun, even just for us in the back to watch it, because we have people that go out there that are doing the absolute best they can, and they're going to crush it. So it's 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 just I'm excited, man. Wrestling is coming back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely, and, you know, as you're talking about that, I, I'm looking at, at the next match, which is Brian Pillman versus Robert Eagle Anthony, and and they've had, you know, a match before and some stipulations, and they have some history there. Yeah, but you know when you, because you know our Warrior Wrestling Champion was Brian Cage, you know for X amount of shows. Now like Brian Pelling with the title, he has something to prove. Like he like he he didn't just get lucky in that war of attrition, so he needs to really show us that that you know the clown is not going to clown around. Mm -hmm. And Robert Ingo, Ingo, even though he's been doing appearances at AEW, like. He's just not going to get away with it. So, yep. I, I want to see that side of Brian Pillman. Yeah, it, it, so do we, you know, and, and that's the thing that, that's interesting. And we put this out in, in the tweets kind of leading up to that match. From They had a match at Warrior Wrestling 5. Yeah. Where there was the hair versus clown match, where mm -hmm. Pillman beat Ego, and then he got to take on Frank, and he put him through the chairs, and that was the end of it. Since Warrior Wrestling 5, uh, Robert Ego Anthony has only won. He's beaten everybody he's faced. Pillman had lost and lost, and lost, and then he got his chance in the War of Attrition, and he won the title. So you've got Robert Anthony, who's won every match since that moment, Pillman, who had lost every match since that moment, and yet Pillman is the champion. So yeah. Anthony has got this argument that, and Anthony actually earned a spot in the War of Attrition match, but he couldn't do it because he had to leave the show, and Frank took it in his place, and Pillman <laughs> took Frank out in a heartbeat. So now you've got this kind of <laughs> intrigue of like, wait a second, Pillman won their feud a year ago, but since then, Pillman hadn't beaten anybody except winning the War of Attrition. So is Anthony the rightful guy to, to take him down? And can Pillman shut him and Frank up by beating him? Yeah. So we really wanted to create something that had legs that has been building for a while and not just Pillman versus some random guy we brought in. Now, this is Pillman versus a guy who has been with us for, from the beginning and has been winning and has a history with Pillman. Yeah, that's really cool. It has that feeling. It's cool, too, when you say that, too, because AEW has kind of brought in the standings effect a little bit, which is a cool thing to, if you're going to, you know, suspend your disbelief and say, like, these these standings matter, what you kind of said kind of matters, too. It's a cool thing of, like, you know, shouldn't this be the other way around based on record? It's almost like on paper, it should, yeah, on paper it should be the other way around. And it's kind of like that if so facto thing, like, 
if for whatever reason this probably won't happen, I'm being a little cynical right now, but like the Bears were to beat a team early in the season or something, and that team ends up winning. Well, the team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago was the Rams. We beat the Rams at home, so that mm-hmm. means the Bears should have been in the Super Bowl two years ago. Like kind of like that, like if so facto thing. But it, it need they need to be they need to they're, they're going to prove it in the ring. But you could, yeah, you, you could be sent. I'm sure Frank will be cynical enough too, but you can make the argument that like on paper, Robert Anthony maybe has contributed more, you know, more wins or more good stuff to, to warrior as of late. Yeah. And you, you guys mentioned a second ago, the idea that Brian Pillman has to, to prove himself after cage. That is, I mean, quite frankly, again, totally transparently, that's how I think baby faces work best. Right. Like, so we, we went from a champion who is an indestructible, incredible athlete, like a specimen and just having all these mountains to climb. Right. Can he beat Bandito in a Lucha match? Can he beat all three rascals at once? Can he beat Wardlow and Aries? Can he beat Elgin? Can he beat ELP? And so it was just kind of this, this Superman babyface champion. Yeah. And now it's the opposite. It's, our, it's an underdog babyface champion. He lost a whole bunch, but then, but he won in the title. Does he deserve it? He's got to prove it every time. And, and right. you know, if, if he gets over Robert Ego Anthony, then is the next challenger someone that might be even more, you know, of a threat. And so the idea of a babyface champion that has to prove that they deserve it and that it's someone that the audience already loves, I think that creates a great dynamic in wrestling. Yeah. And, and it's a vet, too. Like, Ego has so many more years experience than a Brian Pillman. So, uh, I, yeah, I loved uh, – I, I – a shout out to to Matt Nix on his podcast, My Violet T- uh, Tendencies. His episode with Ego was was really cool to see. Uh, like obviously Ego's history, and uh, and you just realize like how long this guy's been doing it at such a high mm-hmm. level, and having matches with like really like guys who are really good. Um, yeah. And like yeah, it, it really gave me a true appre- appreciation for like his veteranness, if you will. That's not yeah. a word, but no, yeah, and, no, he knows what he's doing. And us from Chicago, we sometimes take that for granted because we see them, you know, well, when wrestling was running, we would see them every month, twice a month. And, you mm-hmm. know, in special occasions in war wrestling. So it's like, like definitely like my respect for Ego is up there. I mean, the, he, he carries the clown with him, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm definitely, I definitely want to see that that side of, of Pillman. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Pil- yeah Pillman's got to come out with no no mercy no remorse attitude are there, are there any stipulations in any of these matches that are going on right now uh no stipulations in the matches that have been announced no okay okay but i, I can tell you this and this I, I can't i won't tell you who's in it well a, a couple of them, or at least one of them is on the poster we are going to announce later this week the spartan stadium stampede scramble match. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> which is going to be <laughs> the most ridiculous match we can possibly put together. Did you wake up in a cold sweat at 4 a.m. on one night? And <laughs> I have it. <laughs> I have the idea. I just started writing that down. You know what? No, it was a kind of a combination of a crazy. So after watching the uh, stadium stampede, Eric was like, we need to do a stadium stampede. <laughs> well, yes, of course we do. But I'd also... That is the right I thing love, to do. Yeah. I love the idea of incredible characters playing off of each other. So if you go back, you know, we had a show, gosh, what show was it? Was it supposed to be, maybe it's supposed to be Warrior, maybe it's Warrior 5, or 4, I'm blanking, where we had Congo Kong and Hornswoggle and the four-star heroes. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, I remember this. Uh, it was either Warrior 4 or 5, but my mind has totally lost me. But um, I love the idea of character work. So like, so as we talked about, right, mm-hmm. wrestling is a buffet. You might have one match like our Rascals versus Zane Carter and Christian match that is state-of-the-art, absolutely incredible athleticism stuff you never imagined. You might have another match that is super Japanese strong style, Archer and Adonis. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. might have another match like we're going to talk about in a minute, Cajun Cobb, which is just two freak athletes beating the crap out of each other doing incredible things. Right. And then you also, I think there's a place for incredible character work. And that is, I like the idea of lots of characters in a single match to see how they play off of each other. So essentially, so Eric wanted a a stadium stampede and I wanted more character craziness. And so that became the Spartan stadium stampede scramble, which will be announced shortly. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, we don't know the order, but 
usually it sounds like either an opener or after intermission. There's not going to be an intermission, so you place it where you need to be. But yeah. but that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And and, and our theory of, of show flow is pretty much that you never follow one match with a match of the same type. So mm-hmm. if you have two technical wrestling matches, you don't put okay. them back to back. You go yeah. technical wrestling, high flying, or technical wrestling, brawling, or technical comedy. So that match will probably follow something completely different and, and be in front of something completely different. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so is that going to be before or after um, Cobb and Cage pull semi-trucks on the field with their teeth? When is that, <laughs> when is that happening? Like I, I joked to somebody, we, we're going to have to reinforce the football field. Because <laughs> can you imagine a tour of the islands where Jeff Cobb slams Brian Cage? Right, they're going straight down to the core of the earth. We haven't seen Cobb <laughs> live in a while, but just the poster, the promo picture alone, he looks great. Yeah. Oh God. He, and so we had talked to him about doing Warrior Eight in February, but it didn't come together um, for scheduling reasons. And then he was actually going to be on. Mm-hmm. Had we done Warrior Nine in mm-hmm. late May, early June, he was going to be on it. Uh, we love Jeff Cobb. He was here for Warrior Two, uh, War of Attrition, the first War of Attrition match. And the best, one of the best moments of that match actually is when he tags in and Cage tags in, and they go face to face, and there's just a standing ovation in the entire gym before they even touch each other. Mm-hmm. And that night, two years ago, we're like, well, we're coming back to this at some point. And so that cool. match is a continuation of the very first war of attrition. So everything has something in there. And we're, we're excited because they're both super motivated. I mean, Brian Cage, like we were saying earlier, has just been on, on Dynamite, tearing it up with Moxley. Cobb has been uh, doing the New Japan Lions break out in L.A. that they're airing on their network. Um, but they're just it, both excited to just tear stuff down. So I, I cannot wait for this match. That was a cool little factoid Easter egg, and that's the stuff that just gets me jazzed up. So The War of Attrition? Like the, the face-to-face part that you said, because it was like, well, you planted a small seed in that moment, and I forgot about mm-hmm. that seed. So I'm, Yeah, well, and also it's not, it, and before it happened, we're not like, oh, then we're going to come back to this. Right, right. As we watched it live, then it was like, make mental note. When you mm-hmm. have the chance, Cage versus Cobb. Yes, um, exactly. Because you just see what's special, you know? And, and similar to, like, you know, Pillman and Ego, right? It worked really, really well, and they worked really, really well together. So when it's time for Pillman's first defense, that's a great way to go. And so you, you just observe what works, and then as you go forward, you try to build off that. That's cool. Yeah, no, there, there's a huge benefit. I mean – I don't want to sound vain, but I listen to all of our podcasts back, Chris. Um, and there's a huge benefit. I'm sure to, you're listening. Just <laughs> I messed something I'm up. I'm counting how many times I say, uh, and, um, um, <laughs> I just did it again, but there is a huge benefit to watching your stuff back and, and yeah, being extremely observant, being extremely self-aware of what kind of show you have and what, what were those crescendo moments? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then you're, you're, uh, you're capitalizing on that. So that's really cool. Yeah. And realizing, you know, what works and who works. And, you know, we we really thought this match was going to work following this and it didn't. Was the audience tired? Did we overthink that that they knew this guy more than we thought they did? And I mean, there is, there's a lot of thought that goes in, you know, not that we always get it right. We don't, right. We make mistakes and we learn from them, but we think this through really thoroughly because we want to do it really well. Yeah. That's, and, and, and it shows. Yeah, absolutely. It shows. It's visible. Um, it's really visible. Yeah, Chris. I uh, any any other? Can we can we twist your arm? Can we jab your side? Can we anything to to get some more info out of you at this moment? Yeah, uh, I will debut here. The next match that'll be announced: Isaiah Velasquez yes. versus Trey Lamar from AIW in Cleveland, and he's been okay. on GCW. Yes. he's awesome. And so um, we've been waiting to have, we've been trying to find the right Isaiah singles match the last couple of shows because we don't like to just throw anything on there. And I really think this is a great match for Isaiah and a great match to bring Trey and introduce him to the Warriors. I think they're going to gel very well. I I agree. We're really excited for that. So that'll be announced in the next couple of days. You're a poet and you don't even know it, Chris. Gel very well. (laughs) Um, I can also tell you that we're still waiting on some official final okays. Uh, uh, there will be a Jake something match that has not yet been announced. Uh, there will be a Kylie Ray match. Um, Ray Lynn is on the card. War Horse is on the card. I can tell you also not yet announced. Dan, the dad will be making his warrior wrestling debut. <laughs> okay. Nice. Okay. Um, 
uh, Purple Rain himself, the marvelous Matt Nix, will be coming back to Warrior Wrestling okay. action. Okay. Uh, Beast Man from Pittsburgh is going to be in action, who is just absolutely fantastic. I'm sure you guys can put together where and what match we might be seeing some of these guys. Right, right. Um, but so, there, <laughs> so there's more to come. And I think the uh, once we have the official, official clearance um, from all the parties that need to sign off on it formally, the Jake something match is going to be a really exciting announcement. Yeah, I can't wait for him to wrestle Kylie Ray. That's going to be something. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. That's norm- not the match, but that would be great. Normalize Isaiah Velasquez spotlight matches. Seriously, yeah, I mean, no, he's he's great. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, just he he ever yeah he's he's so great. But I think like Chris and I could say like when you actually he's even greater when you really talk to him. Um, yeah. And we've we fortunately had the privilege, but. Um, it's yeah I, I it's really cool it's really cool to, that you're that you're doing that and you know. I, I i'll drop a little knowledge bomb on you a little insight yeah. i don't know if this will ever happen but i want it to happen and i've told isaiah this for a year i i think i've thought that the perfect isaiah spotlight match would be isaiah velasquez versus jungle boy i think their size mm. their speed their styles are perfect for one another. And we were supposed to have jungle boy on uh, last year before his father passed yep. away and his dad passed away and we weren't able to work with him. And then now because of the way his AEW deal is structured, he's not doing indies right now. But um, one day when we can have jungle boy again, yeah. I think jungle boy, Isaiah Velasquez is a match of the year candidate. That's cool. Yeah. And, and obviously props to, fr- to freelance for making Isaiah a star. Uh, but I think it's cool to, I just think he's one of those guys when like people make a list of like, there's just so many good wrestlers like people. There's so many one timers that haven't happened yet. And I mm-hmm. think like you could make a, a, an X variable list and you could put Isaiah next to like a lot of those names and it'd be just a really cool. Like, I think new, one of the thing. one of the names that I shared with Charlie early on and I think I was like, Steve is the only one that can make this happen was Isaiah's versus Ray Phoenix. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like during that time, like where obviously the Lucha brothers, you know, were able to do whatever they wanted to do and they were doing whatever they wanted to do. Um, and, you know, they were loyal to, to warrior. I'm like, if only we can get Isaiah versus Phoenix. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I that, think the talent there would be incredible. And that would be a great spotlight for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it'll, yeah, it'll happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, yeah. Patience. I mean, we, patience is something I guess we, I guess we've learned over, we're probably running out at this time. But if anything, we've probably learned a little bit of patience over this, over this quarantine. But it's really cool that you're making an effort, Steve. So thank you for all of that. Um, and and obviously tell Eric that we said the same. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I mean, we can give you the floor for anything else. I think we've run out of questions unless you had anything else, Chris. No, I think it's uh, Steve. Plug away. Let us know how can we also help. Yeah, guys, thank yeah. you guys as always for the time and for the spotlight and just the camaraderie. Um, if anybody's listening and would like to buy a ticket and hasn't yet, it's warriorwrestling.net. As the guys said, 45 bucks for field seating, which is the football field or the track. Open Again, you pick. we have spots on the field. You pick where you want to sit. Same thing in the bleachers and standing room, which is further away. Those are 30 bucks. Um, you pick where you want to sit. We'll have spots labeled that you can sit in. It's Friday, August 7th, uh, rain date to be announced if needed. And um, it's going to be a fun night. Like We just want to be able to safely gather people to enjoy wrestling. And I mean, we, we would have just booked this and just watched it ourselves if we could have just because we miss wrestling. And, um, yeah. so, you know, follow us on warrior wrestling on Twitter on Facebook, on Instagram, go to warriorwrestling.net. Come check out the show. If it goes really well, we might try to sneak another one in before the fall gets too cold. Um, just because, you know, if it works great, we'll do it again. Um, we don't see indoor shows happening anytime soon to be totally honest with you. If I'm yeah. wrong, great. I'd love to be wrong. But um, the reality is, you know, we, we want to get in outdoor shows while we can because I don't know if we'll be able to do anything in the winter. So we just got to play it by ear. Um, yeah. And we just love wrestling. So if you love wrestling, you, you can trust that we're going to do it safely, um, take all the precautions, and you will not need to come in contact with any other person or touch anything. You show up, you sit down on your spot with your blanket, your lawn chairs, like you're at the uh, in, you know, Ravinia or the Tweeter Center. Enjoy your own beverages and snacks. Pack them up and leave and go back to your car. You got to see some great wrestling totally safely. So we would love to see everybody who's a wrestling fan out there on Friday the 7th. Um, it's going to be a fun time. That's awesome. So make sure you go out there, enjoy a good show, support it, because I definitely want to see Saturday Night Lights as the next show. <laughs> 
I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. Um, as far as Two Heels in the Face goes, you can visit our website at twoheelsintheface.com. We'll definitely have you know all the information you need for War Wrestling Friday Night Lights on August 7th. You can uh, check out our episodes in the various platforms. But before you do so, I think this is my turn where I talk about our social medias. And that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Two Heels in the Face. Charlie, take it away. Yeah. Don't forget Daily Motion, right? We're huge there. <laughs> That's right, Daily Motion. Kings of Daily Motion. <laughs> you and old Japanese wrestling matches. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, yeah, you can listen to us iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, I don't know if I've missed any. Uh, Stitcher Radio. Go, go check. Please go check out the latest episode of of uh, with Kylie and Isaiah. It's a. It's they're just like chilling on their couch right before. Um, Slammiversary, and it's just really fun, like casual conversation, a little bit of beggars insight, a little bit of diet insight, a little bit of dessert, lots of food stuff in that one. Uh, but it was, it was a really fun one. And, um, and yeah, uh, just share. Yeah. All we, all we really asked to do is to share, share this episode with a friend. So if you enjoyed this, I would say copy, paste the link and brighten someone's day on Twitter or send them a text and, uh, you know, spread the spread the news. But other than that, I think we'll bid you adieu. Thanks guys so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Steve. Later.